compliance function the uh, at the board level and whether or not corporate uh, governance or how compliance might relate to uh, corporate governance. And I, I would uh, start with that I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm going to make my next book really about uh, risk and risk management of uh, reputational risk and financial risk uh, at the board level for a corporation. But I know uh, you've been thinking about this too. So what, Roy, what do you think about compliance fitting in at the board level? I, I, as, as always, I, I just I think there's uh, the right amount and too much and not enough and and all that sort of thing. I, I, I there's just a couple people out there, uh, you know, the governance, risk, and compliance folks worry me a little bit about this. I've seen an article recently uh, by a professor who uh, is claiming that um, somehow the government has encouraged the use of compliance programs and that we're taking over in some way the governance of the organization. And I, I just think we got to be careful of these people who imply that, that governance and um, compliance uh, go hand in hand. Compliance and ethics is a part of go good governance. Um, I've been on a few boards uh, in my day, uh, and I've watched all the items they got to deal with, mergers and acquisitions and financials and R&D and press. And, you know, I mean, you just I would see anybody who thinks compliance should and, 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 and governance are one in the same or uh, compliance should run governance or oversee governance really needs to go look at an agenda of a typical board. And. Um, start to realize how much we shouldn't be involved in. Now, that said, uh, you put a good compliance and ethics professional on a board, maybe an independent uh, compliance officer from another company or retired uh, compliance professional, uh, and they can help the CEO, the general counsel, the compliance officer communicate uh, what's important and what's not a big deal to the board. Um, and they conversely can help the board make sure that uh, the C-suite is asked the right questions about uh, this sort of thing. Not too different than most boards will have an auditor or a, a, a CPA, uh, somebody, former CFO on the board so that they can help the uh, CFO uh, uh, communicate uh, things to the board in the right manner. If, if, if the board's hair is on fire about some financial issue and the CFO is saying you're misreading this and you're overreacting, uh, the, the board member with all the finance and accounting background will probably have been consulted prior to the meeting and they can share that opinion or not and the board's hearing from their peers and that can bring comfort and rationale uh, rational thinking. Uh, conversely, if the board isn't paying attention to something the CFO has to say, um, the, the, the expert finance person who is a board member can help them convince the board. Compliance and ethics could do the same thing. Um, they, they should be listening at the meeting, even on subjects that they don't manage, like R&D and 
marketing and these for potential ideas that might be inconsistent with the rule of law or ethical behavior. Um, the proverbial seat at the table, just as a, a, a to catch things early on, as opposed to two years after they've been implemented. Uh, it just my biggest concern is these folks that are implying that 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 governance and compliance go hand in hand. We don't want to run the company. We shouldn't be running the company. We're not qualified to run the company. And there is a plethora of information that is discussed at the board level uh, that is of no relationship to the compliance officer's function other than if they uh, have an idea that is illegal or unethical. Roy, kind of where I'm at. Yeah, you said a couple of things there, and you ended up with what sounded like a pretty strong reason that compliance should not be at uh, the board level. But uh, in being that, that you're always or usually always of two minds anyway, you kind of spun <laughs> it the other way by talking about um, compliance uh, being a part of the board in terms of having a compliance expert on the board. So maybe if I could could start with, with that, because I, I would argue that uh, just like there is an audit committee, usually chaired by internal auditor or, or CFO type, uh, there can be or should be a compliance committee that might be chaired by, um, you know, an Odell Guyton type or, a, yep. uh, you know, a former chief compliance officer or someone who's been in our profession and our industry that's uh, been involved in corporate America that, you know, perhaps has a gray hair or two. Uh, that has been in the industry uh, for some period of time, similar to any other corporate board member that you would want. Uh, and one of the things that I particularly thought about Wells Fargo was when I looked at the composition of the board, it it was very diverse. Uh, they certainly met uh, diversity, uh, but they were um, former. There were two three-star generals. There were former cabinet secretaries. Were former U.S. ambassadors. And the question I had is, what do they know about compliance? Uh, there were some a uh, couple of CEOs on the uh, retired CEOs on the board, and what I see is a lack of expertise at the board level. Absolutely. I think the response, though, is that the board should have it a compliance committee, and they should have you know someone like a Roy Snell or somebody like an Odell Guyton or somebody of that stature as a board member directing, um, overseeing, and performing, helping the board perform its function um, for compliance. But I see that as just a part of good governance. Right. Um, I want to uh, make a couple of comments. Uh, uh, This is kind of usually what we do, Tom, is just kind of drill down after some 65,000-foot stuff. I I, uh, completely support the idea of a compliance committee or a compliance slash audit or audit slash compliance. I love the idea of an outside expert uh, in the field. And by the way, if you have a law degree, it doesn't mean you're qualified to be uh, the compliance expert. I I see this here. Boards say, I got to, you you don't have compliance expertise in the board. Yes, I do. And they point to a tax attorney. I'm sorry. That, That just... That's just not, they don't understand the field. Uh, 
I would look at their LinkedIn profile and see how much of it is about compliance. And frankly, there are, there are people being pointed to as compliance experts who have never gotten education, they never worked in the, in the field, and they've never networked uh, or gone to conferences or participated with the profession. That's not a compliance expert. Same is true for risk people, audit people, or ethics folks who have only studied that field. If they've studied all of the elements of a compliance program, it will be reflected in their LinkedIn profile, and, and I would consider them a compliance expert, and they could help the board with this. Uh, uh, they could share the, the compliance or audit committee or not. I don't, I don't personally care. Uh, getting back to the point, too, that's kind of tied to this with regard to the compliance officer on the board, you didn't exactly say that, but somebody might ask the question, shouldn't a compliance officer be a board member, maybe even a non-voting board member, but at every meeting? Wouldn't kill me. Uh, I certainly would consider it maybe in high-risk industries like banking or or uh, healthcare or something to that effect. Uh, certainly at a minimum that the compliance officer be a member of the audit uh, compliance committee. Um, uh, I just want to get back to this uh, concern that I have is that some people who don't really understand the function of a compliance officer in a compliance program uh, implying that we should be responsible for governance. Uh, again, I would suggest to them to uh, go pull at random a bunch of publicly available board agendas and circle all the line items that compliance officers are expertise in or responsible for, and they will find very few line items. The board should spend X amount of their time on compliance and ethics. And I, if it was 5% a year, I'd be pretty surprised. They got to be committed. They got to be involved. They got to be educated. They need expertise on the board. But people need to understand that governance is way more than just compliance and ethics. It may be one of their most important, can't miss, got to get it right things. But if we imply to, to, to C-suite folks and others that compliance officers think they ought to be responsible for governance of the organization, it is, it is not going to go over well because it's a bad idea, it's overreach, and it's going to offend a lot of people at a time when we don't need uh, to, to offend them. You know, uh, I think that uh, companies were offended after Sarbanes-Oxley when they had our compliance officers. I think corporations were offended after Dodd-Frank. I think corporations were offended after the U.S. sentencing guidelines. And I certainly think corporations were offended after the FCPA was passed in 1977. Yet hiring compliance professionals was appropriate business response to those new legal initiatives. But I, I think, Roy, the situation has changed and in business largely because of the hyper- transparency uh, and the speed at which information is now disseminated that companies need to have that expertise uh, on, on the board level and available to them. And to, I guess my concern is with your blanket statement that we should not be involved in uh, governance, I think really uh, diminishes the need to have the concepts of prevent detect and remediate burned in even at the board level and that the board yeah. has a role in those three functions. 
Yeah, I, I, I'd be willing to uh, support a lot of what people think. It's just the uh, general description of compliance officers' responsibility and governance. Um, it's kind of like the same thing that uh, uh, compliance should be involved in the management of the organization. Compliance officers might get a call on the hotline, my supervisor didn't pick me for this role, and they broke a law, or, and when really they just picked somebody who was better, or somebody touched my desk and they call it in to the compliance department. There's a lot of HR issues uh, comes into compliance. A smart compliance officer goes straight over to HR and gives them their issue, says it's not ours. In some cases, they might say, we'd like to see that this is followed up on, but this is not ours. We don't manage the company. We don't manage the board. Now, we're, I'm, I'm okay when people start saying what the compliance officer should do at the board meeting. I'm uncomfortable with this, the, the, some of the statements that are uh, too broad about uh, compliance officers are responsible for governance. Uh, and, and I agree with you that compliance ought to be baked in to uh, everything everybody does in the whole organization all the time, uh, have that little angel looking over your shoulder, so to speak. And uh, it's just that some people word it in a way that makes me nervous, like we should be, uh, you know, they're implying like we should be the chair of the board or the board should evolve around our, our world, and it's just not that way. Let me, let me throw another spin on this, another uh, 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 a kind of related topic. If I was a board member right now at Wells Fargo or a CEO at Wells Fargo or a CEO uh, or athletic director at Penn State or a board member at Penn State, I'd be saying – Go get me somebody with expertise in this field to come help our organization do a better job of complying with the rule of law and responding to problems when we find them. And by the way, it probably wouldn't hurt any of us for this individual uh, to be here because in a way they're protecting us. Um, I'm going to mix up a whole bunch of topics, uh, and I apologize here, Tom, but you, people debate the Yates memo. Can we go after leadership? And eh, you may be able to go do some. Some lawyers say it's a, a bunch of nothing, and a bunch of other lawyers say it's a big deal. Um, there's, there's also about the new administration we can talk about at the next uh, podcast, but it, it's, um, you know, are they going to let everybody run wild or are they going to continue this pressure on leadership? Well, everybody's there debating the Yates memo and, and the new administration CEOs are being dragged into the street and having their dignity crushed, their, their finances crushed and their career demolished, all without a trial, a defense, a prosecution, facts, or an investigation. Stumpf had none of that. Now, everybody's got an opinion, right? But we don't run our legal system that way. Well, I'm certain he's guilty. I'm certain he should be held responsible regardless of what he knew, because I don't know what he did. But um, you know, this is not how our, our, our system works. And yet, he was prosecuted in public 
by three groups of people, the public, the press, and, and some politicians, and his career is ruined. He, I believe he had some clawbacks, I'm, I can't recall. And uh, his dignity is gone uh, without a trial. It's pretty stunning. So here's my point. These governing boards and people in the C-suite might be taking a little different view of what a compliance and ethics officer can do for them. If I was the board chair, if I was the compliance committee chair, if I was the CEO, I would look at some of the things that are happening to boards, athletic directors, uh, deans of universities, and bank presidents, and say, hey, I'm going to be involved in the next hiring of a compliance officer. I'm going to make sure that I pay whatever I got to do to get the right person. I'm not going to go after an average or good person or pick someone who's never held the position before just because they know about risk, audit, ethics, or the law. I'm going to get me myself a stone-cold killer compliance officer to help my company do the right thing and keep me from dra being dragged into the street. And, uh, and then I, if I was advising CEOs right now, I would say not only should you have that mindset, but you should also make sure that this individual is tied at the hip. And tied at the hip, translated into English, is going to board meetings, going to meetings at the C-suite level, um, aware of what's going on, aware of what people are telling uh, you know, the, the, the CEO. Um, I don't know what advice Stump was getting, but it was ineffective. Let's just say that. We know it was ineffective. He either wasn't told it was going on or he was told it was going on. It was no big deal. Or he was told it was going on and it wasn't, it was a big deal. And he ignored it. And the people were ineffective at changing his mind, assuming he knew whatever it was. It's clear his advisors failed him. He, he should have had people tied to his hip who could help make sure that he didn't make that kind of mistake. And he didn't. And one final word on, on, on this governance and, and all this stuff is that uh, I wouldn't make sure that the compliance officer is not filtered by anyone. Filtering a compliance officer leads to absolutely no good. Filtering a compliance officer leads to what we've had for the last 30 years. If you filter a compliance officer, you essentially don't have a compliance officer. So you should be getting your information as the board chair, the, the compliance audit committee chair, and the CEO, COO, CFO, you should be getting your information directly from the compliance officer because filtering them, uh, which is a very common practice, is, is, is essentially, uh, from a governance standpoint, neutering the compliance officer. So, Otherwise, I feel pretty neutral about the whole thing. Yeah, I, I gathered that. <laughs> um, when someone is convicted in a court of law, the sanction on the criminal side is potentially lose your freedom. The sanction on the civil side is a fine and penalty. Uh, neither of those happened to Mr. Stump. Um, not yet. Not yet, but neither of those happened to him. What happened to him was he lost, uh, he gave a clawback 
uh, $41 million in stock, which he was contractually obligated to do. He uh, resigned his position because it was no longer tenable, um, because he had damaged the reputation of the organization he was leading. What I would say is not that he was named, shamed, and outed by the press, public, and politicians. I would say that he failed in doing his job, and it led to a catastrophic systemic failure at Wells Fargo. But the answer, Roy, I would suggest to you is compliance. It's just like yeah. a little over a year ago when we were talking about the Volkswagen scandal as the biggest corporate scandal ever until, of course, it was eclipsed by Wells Fargo. And the, manu- the head of the German manufacturers union said the only response to a situation like Volkswagen is compliance. It is prevent, detect, and remediate. And it's prevent, detect, and remediate down to the shop floor, but it's prevent, detect, and remediate all the way up through the C-suite, up into the board. And it is the duty of the board to manage the affairs of the oversee, I should say, the affairs of the company um, by having the information brought to them when something pops up that could blossom or just uh, explode into the type of scandal that Wells Fargo is, is under now. And the uh, what has happened to CEO Stumpf uh, whether or not it was a failure of, of his advisors or, or not, it, I think is not uh, tied to the question or independent, I should say, of the question was, where was the board? Why wasn't the board asking these questions? Why didn't the board have this information? If they had this information, we're told we're handling it. That's when sometimes a board has to drill down. But it's really yeah. a board that should be managing these strategic risks, even if the risks appear to be something as simple as a sales policy, a sales incentive program for employees, and a pro and employee evaluations. So uh, I guess the uh, what has happened to Mr. Stump um, was reputational damage that he didn't manage. He didn't evaluate the risk, and he didn't manage that risk either personally or as a CEO of Wells Fargo. Yeah, here's another institution that I always wondered if you would have got the information to the board, maybe they would have fixed it. If if my recollection is correct, because they didn't deal with an eyewitness of a pedophile attack, Penn State University ended up firing their coach, their athletic director, and their president. Now, it seems to me if in the end you fire even one or two, if not all three of those people, it was probably an issue that had you brought it to the board, they might have put their foot down. So I, I agree with you that, you know, maybe uh, uh, Stumpf was being told we got to stop this and he wouldn't do it. And maybe it came up at the audit committee who should ask, is there any problems you can't get fixed by the compliance officer? Yeah, we got this thing with the bank accounts. Uh, Bogus counts, we can't fix it, and uh, nobody wants to fix it, and the board should um, say, uh, okay, this is part of our role. You, you, don't, you, you guys in the C-suite can't see this, uh, so we're going to help you see it. Um, it, it you know, again, I, I, I respectfully disagree. If we, every time a company 
screws up. Regardless of the facts, we throw the uh, CEO under the bus. I just don't. I don't think it's it's right to do that with all the facts. And I, and I, here's another odd twist to it. What you know? What CEO could manage every aspect of their organ? Can they know everything about R and D, quality control, production, shipping, third party? Uh, companies we're working with, they can't manage the whole place. That's why they hire uh, people who I'm referring to as advisors, C-suite, compliance officers, lawyers, and such. And they're supposed to come to them and say things like, marketing has gone to heck. We're not, you know, sales are down. We've got to do more marketing. And so or, uh, quality has gone bad. We've got to tune up our quality. Um, this third-party player is uh, doing something wrong. We've got to get rid of them, get another one. Um, same thing's true about compliance. We've got these guys making up bogus accounts, and you've got to stop it. Uh, I'm not sure. Nobody can tell me. None, none, the guys who dragged him in the street and beat him senseless can't tell me what he knew or what he didn't know, and we're throwing him in the street. Here's my point. is uh, If we teach the employees in the world that the solution to corporate crime is to go in and drag the, the CEO out in the street and beat them sense, senseless without a trial, then basically we're teaching everyone that's going to be our answer, that's always the answer, and the rest of you have no accountability. I think we ought to do a little more fair job, a little more legally oriented job of finding out what happened in the company and who was responsible. And if we found out that the CEO created the problem, supported the problem, prevented the problem from getting to the board, hang them high. If we find out that somebody in the organization also was involved, you make them accountable. We need to teach everyone that everybody in the organization is accountable and if we always blame it on the CEO because it's fun to beat up CEOs, we're not teaching people the right lesson, in my opinion. Well, Roylan, let me take it a little different direction. Do you think a CEO should be involved in the hiring of a chief compliance officer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I've written about this a little bit, and I'm trying to write about it some more, but every time I go down this road about what I think about Stump, all the CEO haters just kick my tail. You know, it's like, hey, I'm sorry. They're all guilty. They're all greedy. They're all terrible. And you're always wrong if you say anything other than that. But uh, I think there's a lot of CEOs out there looking around saying, okay, I got a marketing guy. I got the best chief uh, marketing officer money can buy, and they're killing it. I got a quality guy. I got a woman in quality, and I got a person over here, and I got a person over there, and production is going great because I hired the best in the industry. Now, with regard to complying with the rule of law and behaving ethically, oh, I can't, I can't I never forget. I won't mention the company name. The ethics officer from this company came. And spoke at our conference, and I was uh, ethics, ethics, ethics. Do the right thing, six different ways. And somebody finally raised their hand. So, what do you do about compliance at your company? And she waved a dismissive hand, and said, "Oh, we leave that up to the departments," and moved on with more ethics. And it was just really telling. And by the way, uh, ironically, the CEO uh, of that company was uh, soon dismissed for. 
uh, hiring uh, the buyer, uh, uh, the yeah, the buyer in a in a government contract. Uh, kind of looked like they were rewarding them for picking them, and then um, and then the next one was uh, let go for an extramarital affair. Maybe they should have had something more than a, a pulpit and do the right thing. Um, uh, but the the point is, is that as these CEOs see these people go down in flames, and they say, you know, I don't let marketing go down in flames. I don't let quality go down in flames. I don't let PR uh, go down in flames, but I'm waving a dismissive hand on the compliance officer saying somebody else handle this. It's just a bureaucratic nightmare. It's just a cost center. Get out of here. And yet their peers are losing everything they own. Well, kind of. A lot of money, their dignity, and their career. That's a lot. And so I'm thinking a lot of CEOs and board chairs, eventually some board chairs are going to figure this out. I want to be involved in the hiring. I want this person tied to my hip. I don't just want another tax attorney or some other attorney who studied the rule of law but not compliance. I don't want just a risk expert. I don't want an ethicist. I want somebody who understands all that stuff, or in other words, a compliance officer who implements all the elements of a compliance program, prevents fines to fix ethical and regulatory things. I'm going to make sure the right person's hired. I'm going to be sure that we allocate enough salary for this to get the right person. And then I'm going to tell them part of your job here is to help leadership make the right decisions so we don't go down in flames like the others, not just to do the right thing, which is a great call, but some people are going to say, I just don't think that I deserve to be dragged out in the street and, and have everything taken from me if we have a, a, a problem. Part of your job is to, is to help uh, me. And, and Tom, if, if I got just a real quick thing. When I was a compliance officer many years ago, I felt that part of my duty is to keep the leadership out of trouble. And uh, one of my leadership said something at a compliance committee meeting that might have been perceived by others to be negative about compliance. I went to his office. I'm telling the short version of the story, if anybody's heard it before. I went to his office. I closed the door, and I said, this sentence you said, and I repeated it, could be perceived by people as not being supportive. I was terrified of this guy, by the way. It could be perceived by people as negative about compliance. When we're investigated, not if, it'll just be depend on what it is, the, the, the enforcement community is going to try and figure out how big a message to send and how high can I – uh, go and, and get people uh, at least worried, if not in trouble. And the people are going to share the sentence you said and say, he interfered with compliance. And I told him this. Part of my job is to keep you out of trouble. I can't have you saying stuff like that. And he said, thank you. And I said, thank you, and promptly left. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think CEOs are going to figure this out. I think board chairs are going to figure it out. It may take 10 more stumps, but it's going to happen. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Unfair and Unbalanced, a podcast with Tom Fox and Roy Snow. I have two calls to action for you. The first is, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would write this podcast as it would help our rankings. The second thing is, Roy and I would love to take your questions for a mailbag episode. So if you have any questions, please, uh, if you'd like us to record, please email them to me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com or voice to 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.